something in the past happens and it causes us to go into this place where we're like, I need to respond to it the way that I have always responded, yeah. the way that I protected myself, the way that I hit the deck in PTSD or the way that I yeah. handle this, this push or bite or struggle in relationship is how I'm going to do it again now. And that's what my body's saying to do in these moments. And I'm like, is that what I want to do? Yeah. Is that how I want this to go? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times if we're honest with ourselves and honest with our spouse, it is not. I'm Angela. And I'm Chad. And we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life. Then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples podcast with the real Emhoffs. Real conversations for a real connection. Welcome. We're excited to kick off this new series on healing wounds from the past. Really what we're talking about in this is is places where we've been injured that aren't inside this relationship. Places where we've been hurt in life uh, that we really do get this opportunity to show up for each other and help work through some of the more traditional thoughts of like, where I got hurt as a kid or whatever um, that might be. We're going to talk about that a lot today. And then as we progress, we're going to talk about how do we really start to resource and resolve some of it as we move through this series. So Sue Johnson, the founder of Emotionally Focused Therapy, which is what Chad and I talk about regularly, our Created for Connections uh, that we do are the faith-based version of the book that she wrote, Hold Me Tight. And in it, there are seven conversations she's saying that couples need to have to stay together. The second conversation is one where she discusses a term she calls raw spots. And that's what we're really going to address in this series. The idea that somewhere embedded in my body, there is a wound. I like to call it a bruise, kind of. And Chad and I can be having an interaction that accidentally bumps that bruise. Have you ever bumped a bruise that you didn't even know you had until you bumped it? And then you're like, where did that bruise come from? And then you find yourself bumping it more frequently. Oh, man. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I hate that. Yeah. And so the idea here is, even though Chad is saying, this is a wound that didn't happen in your relationship, the way you actually find out it is there is because something is being possibly triggered or bumped in your present relationship that is reminding your body of this past pain that just didn't get worked through or has some unresolved, I like to use the word residue, that's still attached to it. I love, I mean, I love your description of it. This morning I was thinking about it and I'm like, I think a lot of people are familiar with the term post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Mm -hmm. Like PTSD. If somebody's been through the war and they react to loud noises or something like that. Um, you Even like to- less than that, I want to say people who now are coming off of the pandemic. We're two and yeah. a half years, yeah. three years post-pandemic, and a lot of people are saying we all are living in kind of a post-period to how traumatizing that was for everybody involved. Right. And, 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 and so for me, I'm like, that PTSD, what we know about traumatic events is if you get responded to well after a traumatic event, your body can kind of metabolize it. It can kind of make sense of it. Like, oh, a bad thing happened, but I don't have to make sense of it alone. I Somebody sees that it was bad, and now I'm protected, and we're safe and in a different space. That uh, lessens, I'm not saying it gets rid of completely, but it lessens the impact of trauma, right? So if I've gone through something really traumatic, but I've been seen and understood and cared for and held and all this stuff yeah. uh, as a kid, right, then my life generally can kind of cope. I can cope with it as a human Um, I think this, I'm making this term up. So y'all, this isn't a clinical term by any means, but I'm like, um, I'm thinking about it as though it's like 
past relational distress disorder. Like past times when we I had relate. <laughs> I know I can, I can probably get a really good acronym. I'm good at them, but I didn't write it down. So Chad, your PhD says you're allowed to make up words. I think I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> the while PhDs often use words that I think are made up, uh, I don't know that we're really allowed to make them up without research. Anyway, past relationship distress. Yeah, that's, this is, I think it's something that it becomes disordered when it's not responded to and and really disordered. I just, it's not organized. It's out of order. It doesn't make sense. And so our body does something really, I want to say brilliant with it. Just like that soldier who's been through war hits the floor when he hears a loud noise. That's, that's his body trying to stay alive, keep me alive. Right. Like, um, and, and does he want to keep doing that or not? That's a totally other conversation, right? But his body's saying, I'm going to stay alive. When I have been in close relationship, like we most of us have with someone, family, um, we get injured, and then we have this tendency to cope with that injury by doing something that may be hitting, hitting the deck, so to speak, mm. or getting loud or getting quiet or, or whatever we yeah. do around relational distress. Sometimes we're not even aware that we've learned the strategy, right? So this is also kind of a how uh, our family of origin maybe influenced us or past things influence us. And then how our very adaptive, resilient bodies learned a strategy to keep us alive. I like the way you're saying that, or to decrease the possibility of that threat happening again. Now, let's say this happened when I was a kid, 7, 12, you know, high school, whatever. And and I, for the most part, figured out a strategy that, you know, kept me socially engaged or kept things going fine. Now I'm in an intimate relationship in my marriage and something it's closer, it's tighter, you know, nobody I think knows you better or knows you more than your intimate partner. Or knows you worse. No, no, no. no either no. way, uh, <laughs> sees more of you than anybody yeah, else yeah. sees, right? And so because of that, now there is a possibility that this residue from this deep embedded wound is being revealed or there's a little bit of, you yeah, know, like yeah. exposure to it and the strategy isn't working. I can touch parts of your identity, parts of who you are yeah. more fully than anyone else yeah. because you are in a deep committed relationship yeah. with me. And that that's normal, but you're going to give me access to parts of you that, that probably hurt. The reason we want to talk about this is because in this specific thing we're bringing up, a raw spot, a a wound from our past that is showing up in our present, is because we also have a strategy sometimes too, and Chad's used this term before. He used it in our addiction series that we just wrapped. The idea that we can wall off parts of ourselves that feel dangerous or that feel like they're a threat to our disconnection. And in this you know, most intimate relationship, if I start walling off parts of myself that I'm afraid are going to get hurt, eventually we're going to feel disconnected. I'm going to feel unseen and misunderstood. And so what we want to do is try to open up space so that your current relationship can potentially help you heal from a past wound. Yeah. Studies have shown that this is actually possible. Our current secure relationship has the potential to provide a resource that will help us heal wounds from our past. And I think, I mean, sure, research and all the things, but I'm like, it only stands to reason that if I was wounded in relationship, that I was hurt in close relationship, the most efficient way 
or the, the cleanest way to get healing around relationship is in relationship. Feels kind of scary though, Chad, because it's vulnerable and it's intimate and it's dangerous and all the things my and body is saying. Mm. It literally has to be. Yeah. Uh, it, it can't be, um, you can't work on what isn't available, vulnerable. Yeah. You can't work on what isn't put out there. And, and if you're going to put the parts of yourself out there that hurt, uh, that, that is, that's dangerous. I want to talk about something that's a little bit tricky with this because the reality is, let's say I don't even know the wound is there because I've done, I'm going to say such a good job of strategizing around it that I've function, I'm functioning fine in life, right? You're building a life that doesn't, doesn't touch that part of you. And yeah. so here we are now, I'm in a relationship with you. When something happens, we get into a conversation in the kitchen and all of a sudden you do a thing that reminds me of what wounded me, right? Right. In my present now, I feel a pain and my body alerts me that there's a threat. But in that moment, I can't tie it to my past pain. The, the thing that I'm going to say is causing the pain is you. It's you. <laughs> so it's really a trick because what we're going to have to do and we're going to do over this whole series is unpack how to identify that something in my present distressed interaction is actually tied to something that happened to me in my past. It's hard to it's do, Angela. That's hard to do, though. <laughs> it, it really takes this level of awareness that says, I feel a pain. Right. So, so uh, you're standing in the kitchen. Yeah. I do something. I bump into something. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you being able to go, I feel this. I'm going to notice it. I'm going to be curious about it. I'm going to try to tie it to something. Yeah. And then I'm going to try to share it in a way that in my triggered state, by the way. Right. Then I'm going to share it in a way that might, might get it responded to. Yeah. That's really, really hard to do. Yeah. This isn't an easy process. And so this is multifaceted. It's probably a layered process. You can probably go, oh, I can, I can identify that this, this thing happened that was kind of disproportionate to yeah. what, what was going on with our relationship. Let's do that. Let's yeah. identify a few of the markers that let you know a raw spot or a, a past wound has been touched. We talk about, Chad and I over this whole entire series are going to give you lots of examples in our life yeah. where this comes up, but we want to kind of stay vague for just a second and, and ambiguous and not bring it to a specific thing and just say, here are some of the markers. Have you ever been in a cycle? So again, you know, we've talked about the cycle couples get into where there's a withdrawer, there's a pursuer, he slow blinks, I escalate, my escalation causes him to take more space, his space causes me to, you know, that is a typical cycle that plays out in all relationships. Have you ever been in a cycle like that and all of a sudden something is said or something happens and the cycle escalates from just what feels like a typical Tuesday night fight to like the worst fight ever. There's a betrayal. I'm bawling. You're, you've left the house. Something, it, it just feels like. It goes from zero to a hundred and. Like, wait a minute. What just no happened? Time. Yeah. Often, if you can, if you're asking that question, when we do our marriage workshops, um, we say that. Like, if you go, wait, what? One of you is left with like, what just happened? There is a really good chance that. It's not just a typical cycle that has gone into play. It's, it's There's something deeper, and that's why it's confusing. Or maybe you weren't in a cycle at all, and something gets activated, and all of a sudden you're in a cycle, and you don't even understand what's happening. This is not just a basic fight. This feels like 
um, higher intensity of a yeah. fight. Yeah, and, and so it kicks up in, a, in such a quick way. I, I would say, Angela, it doesn't even have to be a fight. Like, it could be a Tuesday night where we're not fighting. Yeah. And, and somebody says something or does something even completely unintentional with no, no uh, uh, cycle at play. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you reach over, you do something, and all of a sudden, boom. One or the other of you is completely triggered yeah. and really escalated. Now we, we might go into a cycle yeah. or not. You know, you might, you might feel this huge, if I'm, if I'm the one who yeah. triggered you, right, you might feel this huge response. And I might be like, uh, I didn't, what is happening? I don't, I don't, I can't even make sense. I'm like it mad. doesn't even fit with our normal cycle <laughs> yeah. sometimes. And so I'm like, I'm not upset and you're upset. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, that feels bad. I'm here. What can I do? There is a yeah. good possibility when this thing, maybe f- when you first become aware that this even exists, maybe you're already going, oh, that does sound familiar. But there's a good possibility that neither one of you, it's n- not just, it's not just that your partner didn't know it was there. It's that neither one of you knew it was there. It's almost like you didn't know it was there either. And that's why it escalates so quickly because it feels scary, unpredictable, chaotic, where you're like, what, what is happening? Where if we, we've used this before, right? The affect assembly, which is how emotion works in our body, the process of emotion, the idea of the acrostic that our friend George Fowler created that temp, which is there's a trigger there's an emotion, and then there's a meaning assigned that causes us to do a, a responsive behavior, a strategy. Um, and so the meaning is where these raw spots are embedded because sometimes, you know, I'll, we'll be in this interaction, Chad will do something, that something he does hits the bruise. And when I feel that, my body has assigned pretty heavy meaning to that feeling. Yeah. And it takes me back to the time when I assign that meaning. And now we're not in a current fight because of one little thing. We're attaching it to that past wound. And I know that's a lot to unpack, but that's like the cognitive breakdown of what yeah. we're trying to do. Let me give an example. Yeah. Let me, let me just jump in. So this is one that's pretty light, but it's, um, I think it's really common for guys that have played sports or have been, you know, in, in activities where it's like, Hey, suck it up, be tough. But I remember being in junior high, I'm playing basketball and I sprained my ankle and my coach says, okay, if you just walk it off, if you just suck it up, it'll be fine. You're not hurt too bad. We can wrap it up if we need to, after the game, we're in a basket, we're in a tournament. Right. And it's like the second game of the tournament. And, and so I'm going down this path where I'm like, Oh, well just, it's not going to kill me. And so if it doesn't kill me, it'll make me stronger. I can just wrap it up or suck it up or rub some dirt on it or whatever, whatever Join the analogy. Join us in a future series when we talk about unhealthy stereotypes and how we learned them or well, something. Well, <laughs> but, but I'm like, it, it doesn't, true. but those stereotypes, I embed yeah. something in me that says, uh, Be tough. well, and I don't need to complain about pain. Mm. Like I don't need to talk about what hurts. Yeah. I can probably just wrap it up and everybody knows that was a painful thing and I'll just keep playing which is great if you're playing <laughs> basketball or if you have to get through something that's yeah. tough and you just need to be able to tough it out. 
But in relationship, I've learned that I need to just suck it up. So sometimes I'll hurt myself or be hurt and I'll shut down around it. Yeah. And I'll say, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. No, quit bringing it up. Like, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Stop asking me about the painful thing. It is a fight actually that we have where I can tell he's distressed or something's going on, but me pushing him to try to, even if I try to gently say I'm available, I'd like to talk about it. He's like wrapped it up. Let's get back in the game. Like don't cause attention to it. And now we have distress and it turns into something else. Correct. So that's a wound from my past that I might be able to talk through or share with Angela and say, Oh, this is something I believe that I can't talk about my pain Yeah. that I shouldn't, I shouldn't stop when I've been hurt that yeah. I should just keep going and push through it. I'll talk about another just little simple sure. one yeah, yeah. because we're going to bring up a lot of these to kind of help you. But this was probably, I want to say started happening about three years ago. So our daughter is six. She was about three when she shifted from like bottles to baby food to, you know, being in a little chair with her little, you know, tray on it to having a plate at the table with us. And she doesn't always eat, uh, you know, like I, I'm an overachiever when I put food on her plate and she doesn't always eat everything that I put on her plate, right? And so if it's specifically something delicious, it's very easy for Chad to look over at her plate that she's not going to finish, take his fork and like grab... Normally just the protein. I hate to let meat go to waste. <laughs> That's really another rule. We can talk about that later. But he... <laughs> took food off her plate and ate it. And in that moment, I think I lit up like a Christmas tree. And she's just not paying attention. Like it's, she, she is doesn't even care. unaware she, yeah, yeah. and thinks, oh, daddy's helping me because I don't want to eat all my food. <laughs> and I'm like, do not take food off her plate. You let her decide if she's dumb. And I just, and Chad's looking at me like, what in the world? And so this is one that we've talked through. And we're going to talk about in the next few episodes, actually, how to respond and how to break it down and how to have a conversation around it. But just giving you an example, what I realized was growing up, my plate was actually never my plate. At my kitchen table in my childhood, my dad's fork made it across the boundary of my plate all the time. We did not have plate boundaries. <laughs> and so I found myself often like fighting for my plate, you know, trying yeah. to protect it. And so there was this little part of me that and I never really appreciated that. We joke about this. We've talked about it in my family of origin. Uh, and now even my brother also, I'll joke and try to take something off his plate and he'll like try to stab me with his fork in a fun way, you know. Yeah. But the idea here is I am projecting onto Chad what was a trigger for me from my childhood. And now even trying to protect Avery from getting that same. And now we're in a fight because he ate meat off her plate. It's silly except that it's not. Right. Well, and what we're saying is uh, both of these things, they're not the worst injury no, we've ever had. we're just injured. trying to help you We're kind just of... saying like something in the past happens and it causes us to go into this place where like, I need to respond to it the way that I have always responded, yeah. the way that I protected myself, the way that I hit the deck in PTSD or the way that I yeah. handle this, this push or fight or struggle in relationship is how I'm going to do it again now. And that's what my body's saying to do in these moments. And I'm like, is that now I think it's worth asking this question at some point, but like, is that what I want to do? Yeah. Is that how I want this to go? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times if we're honest with ourselves and honest with our spouse, it is not, it no. is not the way we want it to go. I don't want to, I don't want my body to react the way that it reacts. I don't right. want to get angry and critical, but it, it happened so fast. I almost couldn't even keep myself from doing it. And I would love to be more in touch with how I feel about things. Yeah. 
and have more awareness and not just want to shut it down, immediately feel that sense yeah. of like, hide that. So what we're saying too is that time does not heal all wounds. In fact, time doesn't do anything to yeah. these kinds of wounds. It makes them <laughs> worse. Them, yeah, it solidifies them. them. Yeah. So what we want to do is be able to recognize that a wound is there, that there's residue that needs to be addressed, to be able to identify it, bring it up, get our partner to respond to it. And that's a whole lot of stuff we're going to talk about in the next few episodes. So let's come back to this one and discuss our connect point. The Connect Point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship. Small adjustments lead to big change over time. Take some time to practice with us now. So for this Connect Point, we want you to take the time and see if you can identify any of those small things that might have happened in the past. We're not asking for the biggest thing ever. Just just anything like, like the ankle or like the food on the plate that, that might have gone on and that you know you still have a reaction to and share that with your partner if it's something that feels safe to do. Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it. You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real Emhoffs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our ConnectPoint conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks Thanks again. again.